You are listening to the Mick and Mac GAA Football Podcast. Okay, hello and welcome back uh, to the GAA Football Podcast. Mick and Mac, actually. So, Mac, how are you? All good, my friend. Uh, I was just watching a bit of Premier League there. No fans or nothing. So, it's a, it's a surreal experience, my man. Yeah, it's like watching Cavan play at home in the league, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started, my man. Don't get me started. I want to start in good terms here. <laughs> Delighted to be joined as well by Cork and Nemo Ranger star Luke Conley. Luke, how are you? How are you, guys? How are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm glad you didn't turn on us, turn on myself when you mentioned playing with no fans because I know Cork has got some stick when it comes to uh, a similar similar uh, crowd. <laughs> you got there From before. From a football me. perspective, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> How's all with yourself? Good, good. Yeah, not too bad. Um, looking forward to the, the normality that seems to be creeping back into life. So, uh, not too bad. Yeah, so, so what's the story of that, I mean, Are you back training kind of a little bit with the club? Or? Uh, yeah, so we're, we're back in kind of groups, but it's, it's still a bit of a mess in Cork anyway, which I can only speak for where like, everyone is training. But the only issue is we don't actually have anywhere to train. So, it's, it's you're kind of finding any bit of green grass at this stage now with a luxury. So um, we're, we're kind of still a bit up in the air in, in groups. I know some of us have turned to going to beaches and trying to do beach sessions and get a bit of a swim after. Um, but look, until the 29th, it's going to be, yeah, that kind of way where you're just looking for any kind of excuse to do something small. So um, strange one, strange one for next week or so. And were you enjoying the break then? Were you, did you kind of take a few weeks off and just kind of recharge the batteries? Uh, yeah, look, per- personally, I, I was kind of happy for the break. You know, coming in after the league campaign, but we had a fairly long campaign with the club as well. So I think there was a few of us that only benefited physically. Um, you know, they're, they're, when you're going to run there, sometimes one season can run into the next without even noticing. So um, I'll never say no to a break. Um, but at the same time, two or three weeks is about as much as a break you'd like for you know, the, the itch comes back to, to get out there. So um, I've tried to stay as fit as possible, but it's it's hard to replicate uh, team training or, or kind of match sequences when you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about work for yourself? Are you kept working there? Are you off or how was that for yourself? Uh, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm uh, repping with Heineken. So I've, I've kind of been busy the whole way through with different bits and pieces. But yeah, we're kind of ramping up now the past uh, week or so. And for the next few weeks, it's going to be uh, chaotic. Um, with the kind of bars opening on the 29th and, and the middle of July, you know, there's a, the rest of them will open. So um, it's going to be a, a busy few weeks, but um, I'm glad for it, because as I said, there's enough people out there are facing the next few weeks looking for jobs. So um, I, I dare not complain. So things didn't really quiet down for you at all? Behind the camera kept going? Uh, yeah, look, they, they quieted a bit, but at the same time, look, I suppose it's, it's the life of a rep is you're always on the end of the phone for someone, you know, so um, there, was, there was never long when a phone call was coming. Yeah, so you won't be able to sort me out now with that, right? Yeah, uh, at this stage, you know, with, with the way the budgets are looking, uh, I'd say I could get you a point, a singular point is as best as I could go now at this stage. <laughs> so, uh, is, has the core championships, like, have they sorted out the core county boards so that the championship now for going forward, or is there anything like uh, No, no, there's nothing set in stone yet. Um, look, obviously, there's rumours or people say they've heard this and that. Um, as far as I know, the, the kind of group campaign that they had planned for this year is, is looking to stay. Um, obviously, it was, this was going to be the inaugural year where we had a new championship format. Um, I think, as far as on the county board, I'm keen to stick by it and try to get it running because obviously it was the first year and look on paper, it looked like a great, a great year ahead of us. Um, but um, on the other side of that coin, I don't want to be in their shoes trying to schedule 
at club fixture at any rate with the amount of teams that are going to come back. So um, I'm glad I'm on this side of that. Yeah. Uh, I just I just want to see Nemo Rangers in a fixture list with games coming up. That's all I care about at this stage. I would like I know there's been a bit of talk with people saying maybe just keep the club going until Christmas and then come back in the new year with the county. I mean, what was what were your thoughts being on that? Um, look, I, I spoke earlier in, in, I suppose, lockdown period uh, and kind of urged that I, I felt we needed to get clubs back before the county um, just for that sense of community and, and on the back of uh, the situation we had here, it would have been nice to get that sense of community back and, and locality. Um, on the other side of that, as an inter-county player, would I want to be selfish and want to play both? Of course. Do you know, I, I, I think any inter-county player... The career is shortening every year, you know, with the way it's going. So I, I don't like the idea of losing a year of my intercounty career, regardless of the circumstances. So, um, look, I'm, I'm more than happy to play 10 weeks of club and then move into an intercounty season. Look, it's as a player, you want to play as many games as possible. So I'm definitely not against it. But again, as I said, from a scheduling standpoint and, and from higher up, I'd imagine it's, a, it's one headache after the other. Yeah. And what, what, what I suppose what what um what's the story with Cork now going forward? I mean, will you lads you don't hook in until maybe September, October they're saying, is it, or do you kind of do a little bit on the own on the side as well? Uh yeah, look, we I suppose we've been in contact since this started, you know, and, and in fairness, fellas have, have really kept us going and, and you know, the first few weeks obviously I think it's the case for most teams is is kind of WhatsApp group was kept going. Um there was kind of a three week break in between that to just as you said at the start, kind of keep ourselves fresh and keep the keep the brain taking over. Um, but in the last few weeks, fellas have met up in, in their kind of pods and groups in locality and have done a bit. Um, obviously, when we go back to the clubs on the 29th, it'll be hard, as you said, to kind of keep that going. But um, look, any fella worth their salt to them to come to level knows how to look after themselves. Um, and with the way the championship's shaping up, I'd imagine the intensity with most clubs is going to be as high as the county team, given the, the shorter schedule. So. Um, I wouldn't worry on that standpoint. Um, I suppose the only worry is how much time will an intercounty team get the other side of it to prepare, you know. So um, you'd want to hope that you've done a good block of work over the last couple of months that will carry over to, to say, later in the year, which I'd like to think we have done, um, but only time will tell. And suppose, kind of, Luke, tell us a bit about your club as well, because, like, you strike me as the kind of fellow who dabble in a bit of stalker as well. You have some point of a ball. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I suppose I benefited big time when we were underage because there was a, a good, I think there was about 10 of us were playing with the with College Corinthians, which would have been a soccer club, and the same 10 were playing with Nemo, so it just became a running thing where Saturday you play with Nemo or Sunday you play with Corinthians, or you might have a game on the same day where two cars of you would travel up to one of the games and then travel back to the, the other, so um, I suppose the benefit of that is that I was able to keep soccer up you know, until I was 17, 18, you know, and there wasn't too much of a conflict. Um, I suppose it was when the county comes in, the level of training in that is where it kind of, the, you had to kind of make a choice. So um, I did step away from it reluctantly. Um, look, obviously, after a poor year with either club or county, I had the luxury of being able to go back and play a couple of months of soccer. Um, if, if I'm being perfectly honest, it will always be my first love. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely something I've always wanted to, to go back to, but... Um, I think I've, I've gone through enough injuries and enough, um, I suppose, situations at this stage to know that it's it's going to have to be a back of the mind kind of thing. And how special for club is Nemo Rangers, um, like Luke, because like he's produced some players in the past. James Masters being one of them. Uh, yeah, look, I suppose look, every every 
member of a club has pride in their club, but I do generally mean it when I say it that I, I'm extremely proud to be part of a club like Nemo. You know, it is, as you said, with the history of the club, the pedigree of the club, it's it's just a special place to be part of. Um, like you mentioned, James, like that you could go a list into your arm with fellas like that. But I think the, the I suppose the biggest thing or the, the most warming part of being about Nemo is that all these fellas give back to the club, you know, and it's it's not the drast, it's not the told, it's just a done thing, you know, it's almost an unwritten rule that you get what you get and you, you put in what you get, you know. So even to take the example, James is now involved with us this year from a horse perspective. So um, yeah, I suppose the biggest the biggest thing I take from it is just pride to be part of the club like Nemo, you know. And Nemo have had some great success over the last few years. Uh, Luke, I suppose the, the big goal is to get that All-Ireland again. Yeah, um, I, I think a few, like from 2017 to now and, and last year as well, getting as close as we did and, and falling short against Carfin both times. Um, the, the worry is that you know, a group like this will only be around so long. Um, and for a few of us who, I suppose, have been around a while, you want to see kind of bridge that gap. Um, we'd like to think we will be challenging every year, you know, and, and I suppose every team has to win with that mindset. But um, I do think when it comes to the All-Irelands, you do have a window. Um, and you do need to make the most of when you get that chance, you know. So, um, as you can see, teams can be challenging for two or three years. All of a sudden, then you can fall off and you might never get back to that stage. So, um, that is the ultimate goal for us. But at the same token, the reason we do so well when we get to those stages is we put so much emphasis on winning our county and, and winning our province, you know. So, I think it, it starts with the mindset of the first game is your most important game, um, with the end game being getting to a, an All Ireland and hopefully bridging that gap. I suppose it's kind of frustrating there, like it's comparing uh, Dublin and the county. Carfin are nearly like that in the club. They're just so good. It's nearly a tough time to go up against a team like that. Yeah, I suppose, look, they've, they've I wouldn't say revolutionised the club because I think the standard of the club has always been quite high. I just think that they've, you know, they've really tapped into an inter-county style in how they play. And I think they have 30 fellas who buy into it. You know, and when you have 30 fellas who buy into something, it's, it's very hard to get, to get past that. Um, no, it helps that you can have incredibly talented players that can mix in with that, you know, with the likes of, of Ian Burke, Gary Sides. Um, great, great blended players like that, and they have an incredible work ethic, which um, I think teams that are, I suppose, successful, you kind of take that for granted, you know, the work ethic, they kind of drive in the group. Um, so I, I wouldn't underestimate kind of the what goes on in the background with them. Mm. And you just touched on the injuries earlier on there, Luke. I mean, what sort of injuries did you have over the last few years? Were they very tough to mentally to come through? Like, um, no, look, I I say injuries. A lot of them are, are minor muscle injuries. Look, I, I'm blessed to know up to now. Touch wood that I haven't had any serious injuries. You know, um, I've had a lot of problems with calves, kind of shin splints. Um, I think they're more due to my physical makeup, being tall and skinny, as opposed to being, uh, being under, under strength. So, um, look, it's just, it's just small stuff, but um, I think any time I have had injuries, it's either come from doing too much or doing stupid stuff, like unfortunately going back playing soccer games when you probably shouldn't be, you know, mid-season kind of stuff. So, um, like I said, when I say injuries, you know, it's, it's kind of minor stuff, but look, no player wants to be injured. So, um, like I said, I'm kind of blessed in that sense. And tell us a bit about the Alcor career. You started off with the under-21s. You broke half a tire back in um, 2013. Yeah. 
I actually, I, I think I was, I was called I dived that day because I think I won a free at the end. You uh, did. I, I was clearly <laughs> taken, taken out. Um, yeah, look, I suppose my intercounty career is probably more relevant to a lot more fellas because it's probably the more common career where it's been fairly peppered um, with, I suppose, very little success up to now. Um, I've gone through periods of starting with my intercounty team and I've gone through periods of not making of panels or 26. So, um, yeah, I, I had I had two good years with 21s. Um, lost an All-Ireland semi to a Kieran Kilkenny-led Dublin team. And then lost an Ireland final to uh, a Galway team that are basically the senior team now. So um, I've been there thereabouts against some of the, the, the guys going up. But um, I suppose, yeah, when I moved into the senior grade, it kind of took me a while to make that step. Um, I had a year or two with Brian Copper there where I kind of fell out of the sport um, almost as a whole, kind of with, I suppose, poor performances and just kind of lack of enjoyment. Um, I got back in then when Pat O'Healy came over and I suppose I had some strong showings in league campaigns but um, I suppose look, it just didn't transfer into championship games and I just kind of I think I made okay, 40 minutes out of two seasons so um, it's only the past I suppose two years under the likes of Ronan and the past I suppose the improvements we've made that I've kind of got a bit of a run in the team um, and I've managed to kind of bridge that gap um, I suppose the biggest thing for me is that I probably started living the life a bit better um, you know, I went through kind of years, a few years there. I was, it came in conjunction with being in college and enjoying myself. And I suppose, look, other things, job, that kind of stuff, and job prospects coming up. That I kind of fell away from the commitment needed to make it into county level. Uh, I suppose it was only two or three years ago when I decided to make a go over it that I've kind of seen some success, we'll say, by means of consistency as opposed to physical trophies. <laughs> <laughs> And how was how enjoyable was the under twenty one compared to the seniors? Like the under twenty one uh, kind of setup looked really enjoyable to kind of play in uh, Luke. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. And I, I always, I always thought under twenty one was a great grade because it was kind of a lot of people said it was an in between grade where fellas either progressed or fell out of the sport. But I always thought it was probably the most enjoyable of the grade because um, there wasn't as much pressure. Do you know, I mean, for whatever reason, it seems minor. There's a lot of focus on minor. Um, maybe because it comes kind of in correlation with senior, you know, the, the minor All-Ireland comes on the same day as senior All-Ireland, there just seems to be a bit more of a buzz or a focus on it, um, but 21 just seems to be a case of going out and playing and actually physically enjoying it, you know, for a lot of fellas it's their last outing in a in a county jersey, you know, whether they know it or not, so I think there's a bit more of fellas actually embracing it and enjoying it, so um, I thoroughly enjoyed my time at under-21. Um, like I said, there was a lot more enjoyment factor. Um, not that I don't enjoy it now, but I think the, the I suppose the pressure that you would come under nowadays, it doesn't really apply at under 21. Um, I suppose in, in correlation with that, that's why I kind of worry about the fact that they've scrapped this and kind of brought it down to under 20. You know, I think the, the focus is really on the younger players and I think the development and look, the amount of fellas actually follow the sport at that age, you know, it's, it's probably something we're trying to, to battle, but that hasn't helped. And it's interesting, like, was there much of a drop-off uh, rate from under-21 to senior? Like, did many lads just call it a day after all the under-21 success? Say that again, sorry, you cut out a small bit there. Oh, no, like, it was just, like, just interesting. Like, did many lads call it a day after all the under-21 success? 
Um, whether they call it, like, I, I know fellas just, I think they kind of fell out of it. Um, some fellas probably, they saw that they weren't going to bridge the gap to 21 or to the senior, you know, and, and I think at under 21, it comes quite apparent that you are, you are going to progress or you're going to not, you know. Um, no, there's some fellas have, have, have stuck with it and, and you know, who, who wouldn't have probably been starters or probably struggled at 21 and, and within a few years there, you know, a focal player with their senior squad. Um, but I don't know, I just think, like I said, some fellas were kind of happy with finishing at 21, you know, and then you're, like I said, it comes kind of in, in correlation with college, you're leaving college, you got job prospects, you know, there, there is a life outside of football and, and some fellas do go with that, you know, and I wouldn't argue against them for doing that either. Luke, you're referencing, um, I suppose, a lack of enjoyment under Brian Cuthbert. I mean, what what was it that you weren't enjoying about the intercounty setup at that time? Uh, yeah, I suppose the, the the older I've gotten, the more experience I've gotten in my belt, the, the, I suppose the more I can see it from his perspective, um, in a sense that I suppose my style of play and, and I was very much an expressive player, um, which at intercounty level, you know, it, it's definitely as a young player trying to come through, it doesn't really cut it, you know, I think. For any young player trying to come through it at the county level, the 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 only only advice I could give is to minimise your mistakes. You know, give people less reason to either turn on you or less reason to leave you out of the team. Um, and I felt, look, I was I suppose I was at my most expressive at that age, but I was at my most reckless in terms of footballing. So um, I perceived that as being not wanted, or he obviously doesn't want to play me. Whereas if I looked at myself now, I would have said, how do I possibly think? I could get into the team doing some stuff I was doing on the pitch. Um, so, look, I suppose from my, it was just a bit of misunderstanding on my part of thinking that I could just kind of go about my business without altering my game, you know. So, um, it's, it's as much my own fault as it would be someone else's in, in that sense. Um, a bit of naivety, we'll say. It's interesting you say that. I mean, is maybe a lack of expression is something that's kind of crept into intercounty football at a senior level these days? And you see teams playing more in systems than letting footballers maybe express themselves? Uh, I, I would think so. You know, and it's probably an unpopular opinion. Um, it's probably not something you want to hear about your own sport. Um, but I suppose growing up, you would have, like, there's marquee forwards that you'd want to watch just for them. You know, as you spoke with the Premier League, there's probably games over the next few weeks of teams you wouldn't really care about, but they're players you want to see playing. Um, and I do think there was a lot more of those types of players in the past with the GA. You know, I think someone spoke to about Matty Ford recently, who would have been a player at Wexford. No, I don't think many people would be watching Wexford lately, but he would have been a player that you would have tuned in just to see him. You know, So I, I do think there is a lack, or I wouldn't say a lack, but I think there's expressive players don't get much time on the pitch. You know, in, in a lot of counties, there's probably too much emphasis on a system. Um, no, great success has come from players and from teams who have stuck to a system, but um, I'm very much in the camp that you, you need your kind of flair players as well for the days when something needs to change. Um, and it's not that there isn't expressive players out there. I just think that uh, when you get to this level, sometimes they can be overlooked. Um, I mean, you look at some of the players who aren't involved anymore. Uh, Ron O'Neill being an example with Tyrone who I played against in an All-Ireland minor final years ago, but I always thought was one of the most talented players, if you watched him from footballing-wise. Um, and you're seeing players like him happily opt out of, of intercounty panels for lack of playing time. So, I don't know, it, it's just my own opinion. I mean, I like I said, I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm an expressive footballer. I know I have kind of altered a bit to get my place in the intercounty team, but um, 
there is still a bit of expression in there and in fairness to Ronan there is leeway to do that um, but I just think that there's a lot of leashes on players that probably shouldn't be and would you, would you say that's probably one of the biggest um, issues in terms of players leaving the panels, leaving panels? They don't want to play in systems. They want to just go and play football and they can't really get that opportunity in county level. Um, I, yeah, look, I suppose you can look past the level of commitment that's needed at the inter-county level, you know. And I, I don't like talking about it because it's something I love doing, you know. So it, it's kind of us talking about it as if it's a sacrifice when if you love doing it, it's not really a sacrifice. It's something we enjoy doing. Um, but you have to you have to admit that there is a life outside of it, um, and you know a lot of these fellas are either commuting or they might be living in the country they're playing, in, um, and there is a lot of, of of pressure on them. But I do think an element does is that aspect of the the systematic approach to games with teams, um, and I do think you do lose players who just don't enjoy it. You know, it's just, it's plain and simple. If you're not going to enjoy something, it's very hard to stick doing it, especially something that has, I suppose, the commitment level of what the GA has these days. Um, so I, I wouldn't focus on it being a sole reason, but I, I definitely think there is, um, you know, excellent, excellent footballers who are just falling away from it because of lack of enjoyment. And what sort of pressures are there in the county setup? I mean, what, what do you find the most pressuring, pressurising things have been in the county setup? Um, I suppose the biggest thing, and I kind of alluded to earlier, is, is living the life, you know, and, and you always kind of have to have, I suppose, the, the inter-county parted in the back of your mind, you know, with decisions you make, even even going for a kick around with your buddies, you know, if, say, Wednesday night now will be off-night training, but very much so you'd use as a, a rest night, or you'd kind of just kind of look at the chill and relax, but, you know, I think that the social aspect where you're kind of avoiding spending time with your friends, who are probably going out kicking the ball around, you know, especially during the summer, you kind of have to watch it for fear of injury or wanting to keep yourself fresh for training the next night. Um, so I think it's the fact that um, you just kind of always have to be mindful of what you're doing, you know, for fear of, I suppose, injury or for fear of tying yourself out. Because, um, look, and I, I, I've no doubt it's the same in every intercounty panel, you need to be on the ball every night. Um, you know, it's, it's not a case of you can just kind of go coast through training for two or three weeks and then turn it on and you're in the team, you know. Uh, two or three bad sessions there and you can fall down the pecking order fairly, fairly fast. Um, no, like I said, I love doing it. You know, I have no issue with doing it and it's something I love to do. So when you have that mindset, it's, it's easy to do. But I do think that there are young players coming through at 19, 20, where you're, you're coming through college. Um, you know, you're in first year of college. is a dangerous year to be starting out. And with the way younger and younger players are coming through into county senior panels, I think there's a lot of emphasis based on these lads who have a lot of influences around them, you know, and I know for a fact I wasn't exactly completely completed in my um, first year of college. Um, I probably fell, fell to the influences that were around me the odd time, so, you know, I can't really hold it against fellas if they do end up doing, you know, going on tear for a night out with their buddies. Um, but that is, I suppose, that's one of the biggest issues with the inter-county scene at the moment is that emphasis on living the life, you say. And do you feel like kind of Cork are closing the gap a bit better now in the kind of Munster Championship, um, Luke? Yeah, look, I, I suppose last year was was the there was a real sense of um, togetherness, but there was just a sense of actual enjoyment. Do you know, and I keep alluding back to the, the word enjoyment, but I think it's it's a key parameter when you are playing well. Do you know that that idea of uh, feel good, play good. 
Um, I think we got a few consistent performances last year. Um, I think we were probably on the same page, which is something that we haven't been for a while. But at the same time, I think there was a lot of work done in the two years previous to get us to there. Um, I don't think it was an overnight thing where all of a sudden we just kind of turned it on and we got a few games. There was a lot of work. Um, and at this level, it does take a lot of work to finally for things to click. Um, and I think last year, um, it just kind of clicked for whatever reason. I think we were just in a good place. Um, and the goal was to continue on this year. I think we had a, a fairly good run in the league, regardless of, of the division we were in. Um, you know, they, they all say winning is a habit, and it's something we were trying to get into our, our game, and we were kind of, I suppose, bridging that gap in terms of getting a few wins on the, on the bounce. So um, it, it's hard to tell how we would have done now had the, the championship gone ahead. Uh, as far as I know, the Munster final would have been this weekend coming. Um, so, look, I, I'm fully sure that we would have, I suppose, given Kerry a good run in almost, you know, who knows, won a Munster under the normal circumstances. But um, if it is a, a straight knockout championship, um, and I suppose it's something that we would pride ourselves on, is that we would fancy ourselves against anyone on the day. Um, so I do think a, a, a straight knockout championship it might be something that we see as a huge opportunity. And how good is this Kerry team at the minute, Luke? You've come up against them a right lot of times now. Um, yeah, look, I suppose the, the individual players they have, and I spoke earlier about how expressive players can turn a game to you, and they certainly have those lads in their, in their locker. Um, like even Sean O'Shea, I, we played against UCC um, over the winter with, with Nemo in a, a kind of challenge game. And on a horrendous night, I think he kicked something like seven or eight points in ridiculous conditions, you know, and, and look, they're just naturally gifted footballers. And if you have 10 to 11 committed players around them, you know, you're just going to be very hard to beat them regardless of, of kind of the situation. So between himself and, and obviously, look, the, the, the press around David Clifford, but, you know, regardless of all that around him, he's a fantastic footballer. So, um, again, I'm, I'm talking them up, but... Um, I would also speak highly of the players we have. And like I said, I, I would love a crack off them. I think we were, we were close to them last year. Um, they would probably argue that they were probably kept us at arm's length. But yeah, I'd love a good, a good run of them this year. And is the rivalry healthy at the minute or is it, uh, is it uh, neck and neck? Uh, look, I suppose from a player perspective, I've, we've struggled with the rivalry, you know, given that I suppose the two years previous were com complete blows. <laughs> Um, and we haven't been competitive for a couple of years. So um, I think the, it, the rivalry kind of started building again last year. I think the rivalry was more in the stands than it was on the pitch. Um, I think at inter-county level now, your rivalry is probably nearly every team because there is, you know, every team is kind of on a, a level playing field these days, you know. Um, like we played Limerick before that and we, we treated Limerick just the same because they're on the up Tipperary with the exact same, you know, Clare. We've struggled with Clare in the league in the past few years. So... Um, I think those days of rivalries are probably gone um, given that I think every game is, is important as the next one Luke you're um, I suppose talking there about Cork in the last few years and the, how things are starting to improve I mean I suppose since 2010 when they won the All-Ireland things hadn't went down quite downhill for a while I mean what what happened though when things went so wrong I suppose what changed for things to become better again I suppose Um I, I think like the, the term transition gets thrown around a lot, you know, and, and I think if teams go through a bad patch, you almost just kind of slap a, a transition bandage over it to say that, you know. Um, I think some of the things that have contributed is the fact that 2010, 
Um, on the back of 2010, they, you know, they probably should have went on and, and competed again for another year or two, given the group that was there. Um, for whatever reason, they didn't. Um, uh, I think you had a lot of players coming to the end of their careers. And then you had, I suppose, a crop of minors, which would have been our age and 21s coming through, who um, I suppose took a while to settle into that, that level. Um, uh, I think, you know, it, it, is, it was a transitional period. Um, one thing I would always allude back to is I think the club championship is always a, a good indicator of where your kind of county team will be. And I, I do think that the, I suppose the club championship hasn't been as competitive um, quality-wise. Uh, as as we would like, and I, I don't think it's a, it's a fault to the teams. I think the format of the championship hasn't helped. Um, do you know, I think the, like the, for a few years there, you could play three games, lose all three games, and still be in a quarterfinal. Mm. Um, so I think the with the new format, and I think with the competitiveness of the the championship now, with with teams kind of starting to to hold their own, it's kind of transitioned into the the county team being a lot stronger. Do you know, you're you're seeing a lot. More players from a wider stand of clubs getting a run at the county team and holding their own. So um, I think, look, it, it was a transitional period, you know, and it did stretch ten years. So I, I am I'm aware that that's a fairly long time to say the term transition. Um, but I think look, there was a few factors. The the club championship is is another one that I always thought was a good parameter for how strong your county team is going to be. And I do think it's it's getting a lot stronger. Um, but there's there's a lot more to do on that side. I think. And how important is football in Cork? Obviously, it seems like such a hurling county. Do the footballers maybe not get as much support? I'm not saying from the county board, but are the fans, like you mentioned there about Porky Queen, not being as tense, not as strong for the Cork footballers than they might be for the hurlers? <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, I'm not going to lie. We, we don't get the support we'd like or that we'd feel. Um, no, at the same token, I, I would caveat that with saying the performances haven't been there for a couple of years. So, you know, you can't blame some people for not wanting to come see us if, if the performances were as, as, I suppose, I wouldn't say as poor, but if the results were as poor as they had been over the past number of years. Um, but I do think there is a, a big emphasis on hurling uh, for whatever reason in, in the county. You know, I think a, a Cork and Tittock Park would be a sellout. Cork and Kerry, you might fill half it nowadays, you know. Um, and like I said, it's probably down to somewhat on performances, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just think that football has suffered. Um, and I think the actual the sport itself, the way it became a kind of a possession-based sport there for a couple of years, which I think is getting much better now. Um, but there were a year or two there where it was it was very difficult to watch, a very difficult stomach. Um, and that's coming from a player who, who struggled watching it himself. Like So um, I think the sport itself didn't help us, um, if that makes sense. So... Um, we're looking to get back to that, that level of support, um, but I, I do think it's a long road, long road ahead. Yeah. No, given the, the layoff, I'd say people will be looking for any reason to go watch a match now, so we might benefit. <laughs> you better start winning games then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we looking for any excuse to, to see something else. I suppose, what about this Cork team going forward now? I mean, how far can they go? Uh, well, I mean, look, if you look at the minors in the 20s last year and kind of what they're bringing. Do you know, a lot of those fellas are, are all Ireland winners, you know, in regards to what you think of the age group. Um, do you know, they've, they've come in with kind of an attitude that they want to break the team straight away, which is admirable, um, and which is really added to it. Do you know, it's, it's, it's nice seeing young fellas coming through with that kind of those aspirations, but at the same time, a lot of these fellas can match it with talent. Um, do you know, I think the likes of Cahill O'Mahony, who's got a good run in the team during the league, 
um, you know, who is, who is a fantastic kicker and a shooter, who is someone that you would think when you get to this level might struggle, you know, with a, with a, with a stronger defender. But, you know, he's, he's held his own in Division 3. Um, and I can tell from training that he's, he's going to be a serious, a serious player for us in the years to come. Um, and look, a lot of the fellas come through are the exact same. You know, I think the, the, the quality that came through this year is, is definitely driving on the panel. Um, and they've only added to it as opposed to, to taking away. So um, I'm, I'm excited. You know, it's, it, I've, I've been there, I suppose, four or five years altogether. And this is as excited as I've been for a panel. You know, and it's, it's something that uh, I, I truly love being part of. That's great to hear because Cork football is we need Cork football in the championship, especially in the Munster as well. Um, and Ronan, or sorry, Keane O'Neill has come in with uh, under Cork this year, and he's kind of known as an innovative enough coach. Uh, what has he brought to the table? <laughs> he loved you hearing that anyway, straight away. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, Keane, Keane's I suppose pedigree speaks for itself. You know, he's been involved with some great teams down through the years, and. He's definitely brought uh, a, a serious amount of quality to the to the group. You know, from even from a training perspective, um, a lot of stuff you said innovative, but look, it's just a lot of games based stuff. But look, it's just it's just training is enjoyable. You know, and I think that's as high a, a praise you can speak of any coach where fellas come in and they actually enjoy training. You know, um, no, look, I'm, I'm not degrading the work that Eddie and, and Alan Doyle done for us in the past year or two as well. You know, I mean, they were a, a huge factor in us getting to where we were. Um, I think Doyle, from an SNC point of view, done a lot of good base work. And, and Kevin Smith, who's come in this year, has really um, drove it on with his expertise. Um, and then the coaching side, look, Eddie done a lot of great work with us last year. Um, we had a solid Super 8s on the back of that. And look, Keen has just added to that and, and kind of took it to another level. So... Um, we've been lucky, you know. We've had some some great guys over the past two years who have just wanted Cork football, as you said before, as opposed to just to get their 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 pound of flesh. So um, the, the lads, Keen and, and Kev, um, have really added, I suppose, a sense of professionalism and a bit of quality. So um, I'm I'm like I said, I'm I'm excited and I'm, I'm glad to be part of it. To be honest, because it is a step up. And can you tell us a bit about some of these forwards you've had over the years, the likes of? Uh... Colin O'Neill and Daniel Goulding and some of these lads, um, Luke. Say that again? Can you just tell us about some of these forwards, uh, Colin O'Neill oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Daniel yeah. Goulding and like, what, what, like, what, like to, to watch them lads in the flesh, what was it like for you when you were younger? Uh, look, even from a kicker perspective, you know, I, I always remember Goulding, the early one, the iron, his, his conversion rate and his free-taking was, you know, I'd be kind of a bit of a nerd on, on free taking that kind of stuff and I, I kind of I see the, the beauty in it for want of a better term um, but yeah look these are fellas who as I mentioned will go with Carl Finn and, and like to be in Burke and, and Sice these were fellas who were 8 out of 10s you know week in week out and they were fellas who you know a good free taker can have a poor game and kick 10 points from, from the deck you know and I think these fellas had a mental steel about them you know I, I always tell fellas about today we played Monaghan in the league game a couple of years ago and Colin O'Neill, who he won't mind me staying, had a horrendous game and kicked 2-6 um, and won the game on his own. You know, and, and he, he, I think his man actually got mad at the match, but he had kicked 2-6, um, 1-6 from, from freeze and, and a penalty and, and a goal to play. But look, these were just fellas who, you know, it was very hard to keep them down. Um, it was great watching them. The only issue is when I came into the panel, I was kind of looking around the first two or three years saying, 
how am I going to get into the team? You know, <laughs> how am I going to uproot fellas of these qualities? So um, I, I probably ended up resenting them nearly near the end, I'd say. <laughs> um, but look, I, I'm, I'm probably lucky in that you mentioned Goulding, you mentioned Cullum coming from a club like Nemo. I, I'm kind of blessed in that I've, I've grown up watching some of the best forwards to play the game. Um, and I, I, I'd like to think I've taken something from, from each one of them. But uh, yeah, there's no shortage of them in, in the club. And Tomás O'Shea, don't know we stay with Nemo Rangers as well, Luke. Uh, what was it like to play alongside him for a couple of years? Uh, I, I couldn't see highly enough of Tomás um, and, and certainly what he brought to the group. Um, I, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that the fellas took from him is that Tomás turned up, done his training and left. You know, there was no messing about, there was no persona, there was no ego. He just literally came do his training and he'd be gone and I think fellas took a lot from that you know because fellas like that who can come in with such a high I suppose a high pedigree fellas can be a bit I wouldn't say starstruck but fellas can be a bit standoffish you know whereas you don't want to kind of cross a fellow like that or fellas say look thinks he can kind of swan in here but um, look Tomás's work ethic and, and what he brought to the club was second to none and there's no surprises that we went as far as we did that year with, with him and the team so um, I, I'm I suppose I'm grateful for the fact I got to play with him um, and yeah I couldn't speak high enough of him as a, as a player and, and his influence Luke you, brought, you just mentioned something there before uh, uh, you talked to John there about like Keane O'Neill bringing professionalism into court football and the management they have was that something maybe that was lacking over the last few years or it was just hey, I, I, do you know what? I think what was lacking was the ownership you know and, and the players kind of a bit of onus on the players I think we were we were probably a group that responded to being told what to do. Um, and I think, I wouldn't say it was lack of leadership. I just think that the onus wasn't really on us and we didn't hold ourselves as uh, accountable as we should have. Um, and I think in the past year or two, that has changed massively where, you know, all the talk last year was that it, we, we kind of changed around because the players took hold. Um, it wasn't a case of the players staging a coup, which it was kind of made out to be. It was more the players that just said, look, we need to, hold ourselves comfortable here and we start sorting it out and it needs to come from each player individually so I wouldn't say it was that we were lacking professionalism I just think that we were probably too easy on ourselves um, and we were probably kidding ourselves in certain circumstances to be to be blunt um, so I think we definitely changed that mindset and that approach and that has been probably the biggest factor of why we've turned it around and why we've got a bit of I suppose consistency into our game yeah, you, you still have a harder edge now would you suggest yeah, like I say, even even something as simple as 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 uh, turnovers, you know, turning over the ball is something that I, I seem to get joy out of. People would think, but um, I think the, the emphasis on not turning over the ball is something that we have really brought into it. Something as simple as that has has made a massive difference, you know, because especially at the county level, the the team with the most turnovers, I suppose, ninety nine percent of the time lose. You know, it's it's. Every position counts at that level, so even something as simple as that in training of, of giving the ball away, um, trying to clamp down on that has has been a big big health factor. And you obviously were in the Super Eights last year. I mean, how did you find that as an experience? Was it relentless, or was it something you enjoyed? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was excellent. Um, I actually think the format is, is great. Um, obviously, I can say that because we were in the Super Eights last year. The year previous, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, but no, look, you're playing. High-profile games against the top teams in the country, you know, week in, week out, which is, I suppose, for anyone who wants to play a sport, 
a team sport that is the dream. You know, it was almost professional in a way where you were like, I think we played Dublin the first week, you know, recoup, recoup for the week, and then we had Tyrone the next week, both games in Crow Park. Um, you know, that's stuff that as, as a kid growing up, you dream of playing those kind of games in those circumstances. So um, I was all for it. Um, I, I think, look, the way it worked out that ourselves and Ross Common in the end played out a game that was, I suppose, an non-event, people said, and people said, look, the, the format doesn't suit when this occurs. Um, but I think what people were overlooking was that we didn't go against Dublin or Tyrone looking to lose. Um, and Ross Common certainly weren't the same, you know. So um, it wasn't a case that the format doesn't suit. I just think that Tyrone and Dublin were the teams that got the results and they played out that way. You know, if, if we had gotten the results against Tyrone or if Ross Common went into that game needing something, it would have been a lot different. So, um, yeah, I'm all for the Super 8s. I think it's a, it's a great way. And it's, for us, getting to the Super 8s, it seemed like a good season, you know. So it's, it's definitely something that I suppose the middle group of teams can aim for. You know, it's kind of a gap you can bridge and then build on that. And like me and Mick, we, we keep reassuring ourselves we're not going to make it a Dublin podcast. But what's like when they say you're so close against the dubs and they just start banging in the goals? Like it's just so relentless at times, Luke. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, it's probably a game we've referenced, you know, over the past 12 months that this is as close as we can get or this is, you know, this is what we can do against the top teams. Um, but the difference between the top teams and the teams challenging is, is that kind of mental steel. And that resilience. Um, and as you said, I think there was 67 minutes where we were within two or three points. And then it was, I think it was four goals. <laughs> so, um, look, they're, they're a quality team. And if you chase a game or if you open up against a team like that, they're going to punish you. you know, I think, look, the score was probably a little bit harsh given the performance we put in. Um, but again, and I mentioned this with Carl Finn, teams like this, they just have talent galore, but they have a work rate and a resilience that matches that, you know, and when you have talent matches the work rate, it's, it's very hard to beat these teams. So, um, I think, look, if you have the likes of Paul Mannion and, and Brian Fenton and these fellas who just give their all for the team and, and kind of forget their ego, they're going to they're gonna score and they're going to do damage to any team. Luke, last one for me. I love asking this. Uh, the best player you played up against and best player you played with over the last few years? Ooh, against them with... Um, from an intercounty perspective? Well, whatever, whatever, yeah. Um, yeah, so at intercounty level, look, I always, I always think Cullum is one of the, the best I play with just for sheer raw talent, you know, his, his capability. Um, you know, as, as, as they say about great players, they seem to be able to make time for themselves. Um, you heard that a lot in soccer, and I think the same applies in Jay, and he was a fellow who always managed to find that extra second. Um, and look, I, I love playing with him because from a forward and from someone who provides themselves on their kicking and free taking, he was, you know, second to none in that in that sense. Um, played against, um, do you know, Sean O'Shea definitely looking at him the the last day when we played UCC and look what he's on with Kerry, but even Gene, his his ability that night is probably someone who I'll allude to over the next few years, given what he's done. Um, I'm trying to think now who I have played against. Uh, I think David Morn in his pomp was was a serious operator in midfield. I think he was he was a fellow who could pull the strings in midfield. Um, he never seemed to look like he was going faster than fifty percent. Um, but I I distinctly remember playing him in a league game and lying on the floor as he ran away from me. So uh, 
he was definitely one that, for, again, from a kicker perspective and from a sheer footballing, um, he was he was in his pomp. He was sheer class to watch. Um, so um, I always, I when I am asked that, I always do go back to the club because, um, like I said, I've the luxury of playing with some some great players in Emo, and, and I always look back to Alan Cronin Senior, um, who was just easily the best player I've ever played with up to now. Um, just like that, a fellow who always seemed to look like he was going 60 or 70 percent, but would just glide past players and would just eight, nine or ten every game. Um, and a fellow that would just you just love to play with. So I'd, I'd like to give him him a mention in that because he, he was definitely one of the best I've, I've seen. And just to finish up, Luke, do you believe uh, players should be paid for all the work he's put in? Uh, again, on popular opinion, I would say no. Um, I, I'm a great believer in, in the GA as, as being an, an amateur sport. And I think I, I've done an article there recently with, with Owen Cormican and I think he phrased it as, as well as I could have, is that it's a kind of celebration of amateur. Um, you know, and I, I do think that is the beauty of the sport. Now, look, I'm an inter-county player. I, I played for three or four years, and, and I, I'd love to be getting something for it. But um, I love what I do. I wouldn't. It wouldn't change my mindset to it if I was getting paid. You know, I, I think the, the commitment fellas put to it now without getting paid shows you what they would do for the sport. Um, I know there's an argument for it, and, and what players are sacrificing for it, but. Um, I'm I'm very much against it. I think that if we start going on that route, that it's kind of you'll see the the sport kind of unravel a bit. Yeah, happy days, Luke. That's just it's a refreshing opinion because like a lot of players really would be in support of it. So it's good to hear from your perspective, I suppose. Yeah, no, I, I I've always been on of that mindset, you know, and, and like I said, it's probably an unpopular opinion because um, players do sacrifice certain things. To, to get to where they are in this and I suppose a financial reward as, as you might put it is is something to put on the mind but again as I said this, this sport is was founded on, on as as I said a celebration of amateur and it was founded on that so I wouldn't want to change that Luke Connolly thanks very much that was brilliant appreciate cheers, it cheers cheers Luke thank you thanks lad Thanks for listening in and don't forget to follow the Mick and Max GA Football Podcast on Instagram, Twitter and we are on Spotify.